welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Kate and Marla and Chris and Craig and Dennis and Dave and Carrie and Ted. Good to have everyone today. We'll be studying the 16th verse of the Tao Te Ching. We're going to read four, all four translations that we normally use. Let's see, that would be the Guy Fu Fang, uh, Stephen Mitchell, McDonald, and Hogan. So, Marla, will you read those four for us, please, and then we'll discuss? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot to read, so bear with me. Um, verse 16, first translation. Empty yourself of everything. Let the mind become still. The 10,000 things rise and fall while the self watches their return. They grow and flourish, then return to the source. Returning to the source is stillness which is the way of nature. The way of nature is unchanging. Knowing constancy is insight. Not knowing constancy leads to disaster. Knowing constancy, the mind is open. With an open mind, you will be open-hearted. Being open-hearted, you will act royally. Being royal, you will attain the divine. Being divine, you will be at one with the Tao. Being at one with the Tao is eternal, and though the body dies, the Tao will never pass away. Translation two, empty your mind of all thoughts. Let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of beings, but contemplate their return. Each separate being in the universe returns to the common source. Returning to the source is serenity. If you don't realize the source, you stumble in confusion and sorrow. When you realize where you come from, you naturally become tolerant, disinterested, amused, kind-hearted as a grandmother, dignified as a king, immersed in the wonder of the Tao. You can deal with whatever life brings you, and when death comes, you are ready. Third translation. If you empty your mind of all thoughts, your heart will embrace the tranquility of peace. Watch the workings of all creation. Watch the workings of all of creation, but contemplate their return to the source. All creatures in the universe return to the point where they began. Returning to the source is tranquility because we submit to heaven's mandate. Returning to heaven's mandate is called being constant. Knowing the constant is called enlightenment. Not knowing the constant is the source of evil deeds because we have no roots. By knowing the constant, we can accept things as they are. By accepting things as they are, we become impartial. By being impartial, we become one with heaven. By being one with heaven, we become one with Tao. By being being one with Tao, we are no longer concerned about losing our life because we know the Tao is constant and we are one with Tao. Final translation. Keep your head clear, stay calm, 
watch as every, everything happens around you. Everything reverts to its original state, which was nothing. And when something, be, something becomes nothing, it gets right with Tao. If you don't understand that, you're going to screw up somewhere down the line. If you figure it out, you always know what to do. If you get right with Tao, you won't be afraid to die because you know you will. Good old Ron Hogan cuts right to the chase. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> Comments? There's a lot of different ways we can go with verse 16. I didn't make our announcements. BuddyC.org, all the books that we use, all the reference and lots of other books. I just rearranged those today, actually, and fixed it to where you can do a control F on the screen and find them better. They weren't, you weren't able, they were getting so many that I needed some kind of search function on there. So I put all the books that we use in a couple of extras. And there's some samples of uh, my interpretation to there. And I am consistently doing the daily Dow quote. And there's a sign up for that. Gosh, there's been over 40 folks sign up, which surprised me. Uh, I know some of y'all are on that. Uh, that's pushing me to write them. And then we'll I'll do them in a book when I get through for the year. But if you want to get those, it's just a daily quote with a, uh, a thought and an affirmation. Are y'all liking those? Whoever's getting those? I know several of y'all are. Yeah. Those are difficult, guys. They take a lot of time. I'm happy that it's getting done. I, I think it's a good thing. On this one, I, I said that all, I, I titled this All 12 Steps as Seen in the Tao Te Ching. Our journey in sobriety begins with step one, our introduction to emptiness. Emptiness leads to the results of step two, peace and sanity. Peace and sanity lead to step three, the flourishing of our life, naturally surrendering to the Tao. We become the witnesses to our lives in steps four and five, all of our past brought into light, given to our higher power, the source. Steps six and seven help us return to the root, bringing all of our life in line with the never-ending cycle of the Tao. We begin to see ourselves in our creator. We begin to experience enlightenment. There's that enlightenment word, Marla. We will, we still have work to do in steps eight and nine. If we're not careful, we'll be reluctant to continue and misery will follow. Once we've completed step nine, we begin to see even more of the all-embracing, all-encompassing love of God. We continue the rest of our lives living the union we have found with surrender through steps 10, 11, and 12. We move from open-mindedness to acceptance to completeness to love and back again in a divine circle. We're freed of fear and desire the more of our lives we surrender. So I think if you read some of those translations and as you're listening to that, you can kind of see where I got that from. Any thoughts on this verse? Let's just start at the beginning of the verse. I think the first thought that I see there is if you empty, empty your mind of all thoughts, let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of beings and contemplate their return. Uh, the first thought there is the emptiness, right? Carrie? 
I was just going to say, when I saw the word thoughts, I was thinking of ego thoughts, probably, right? Is what they're talking about into yourself of. I think so, because it's impossible. You know, we think meditation is about emptying our thoughts. For me, meditation is more about not allowing my thoughts to carry me away. I always have thoughts. But it goes back to that idea, and I, I never, what, and Craig gave me this statement, what we resist persists. And I hated it was Craig that told me that, you know, but he did. And so I used it, and it, I think it really is true. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, Carrie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not that we quit thinking, I don't think. I, I think it's more of we don't allow those thoughts to carry us off. And usually it's my fears that's carrying those off. I'm afraid I'm going to lose something that I have or not get something I want. So, uh, Craig? I thought about the the first chat that we had. Um, and you're asking what I, what I thought I knew about recovering, what I thought I knew about the steps. And, um, once I'd went through that, you're kind of like, right, let's just, let's just forget about all that. Let's just start again. Let's go through it together. Let's just get rid of those misconceptions that I had of going through the steps because uh, I'd actually sponsored myself. So, so you are actually officially my second sponsor. I was, I was my first one. Um, I didn't do too good a job, but I, it was good practice. Um, so I had kind of, I, I think everybody does it. They go to the meetings and they sit in the rooms and look at the steps and they kind of do them through their heads and they have that misconception about what's really involved in it. Uh, and I found that after that first initial chat, and it was basically a case of look, just empty your mind and just let's start again. Let's go back to let's go back to when you first came into things, and we'll just we'll just start over and move on from there. Oh, we forgot we have a congratulations today on a sobriety. Uh, Is it me? For, for Marla? No, it's not you. Oh. Congratulations, Marla. You're three thank years, dear. Thank you. Thank you. How did you do it? Really? Truthfully? By surrendering. <laughs> it's like, Tim, yeah. what is? Rather than trying to fight it. And I, I've, I've been my own sponsor for a long time, Craig. Just why I love you. But you know what, though? Well, you use us for a sponsor, too, though. No doubt. Mm-hmm. You and know, my, and that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I use my, my friends in recovery as my higher power. I want what mm-hmm. you guys. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. If you if you need a do you, do you need a chip? Did, did you send me your address? If you will, I'll send you a chip. If you don't no, have one, yeah, but thank you anyways. Okay. All right. Change your mind. I sort of but have a question. Well, yes. Chris. I guess I didn't raise my hand. I guess that was a new That's protocol okay. here. Yeah. Still counts. The um, I happen to read the. Wayne Dyer translation before I signed on. And it pointed out that in the first verse there that um, each ending is a new beginning, which I think is an interesting point. It's not really made uh, on these other translations. It talks about going back to the Tao, which is like an ultimate beginning. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a different beginning. And, And, you know, like when we, we stop drinking. Uh, 
we we start a new beginning then but uh, I, I i never really thought of it as going to going back to like the ultimate beginning so i'm curious what you all thought about that i know there's a Dow quote that says that we can't grasp something new until we let go of the old like if i'm i, I think about that like i'm in a river right i'm standing you know, waist deeper and something's coming along new, you know, I, I, whatever I'm holding on to, I can't grab that too at the same time. I've got to let go of what no longer serving me for whatever's new. So, yeah. And, you know, we take these things so literally when, when it right. is, I think for the most part, exactly what you said, Chris, it, it's always new beginnings. It's not because it's really never ending. You know, I, for me, it's that cycle of surrender. You know, the, the, that cycle of life is going on with me all the time. You know, there's things in my life that are always going through seasons. And if there's things in my life that the season's ending and then there's something new coming along, you know, and it's always that way. Uh, but well, we don't, I don't know anyone that likes things to change. It's exciting. Oh, it's changing. I'm happy. You know, most all everyone I know wants things to stay like they are for the most part. You know, uh, I even want to sit at the same. I, I can go eat at a restaurant one time. And when I go back, I want to sit at the same seat I sat at the time before. But I don't know why that is. Get the same meal, too. <laughs> yeah, the same meal. Yeah, it was good. Want to try something new, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kate, you have something there? Um, yeah, I think uh, this is such a beautiful verse and um, just hearing the um the share so far and looking at the first translation um you know it's what you were saying buddy about meditation you empty yourself of everything that the mind becomes still the ten thousand things rise and fall while the self watches the return and the, the thoughts are these 10,000 things and they come and they arise and in meditation they they fall again and then I think the thing that I really noticed was that self and it's got a capital letter and it made me think about you know sort of um the self within the true self or the inner self or inner knowing um and it sort of links to the very end, um, you know, being at one with the Tao is eternal, being divine, you'll be at one with the Tao. And it's like that that self at the, that's sort of spoken about at the, the top is the self that is one with the Tao and we have it within us. And our thoughts are separate from that. Mm. Thanks for letting me share. That's good. Um, there's a, I've mentioned this before. I think it's been a while. Uh, I think it was a book of Thomas that one of the uh, Gnostic gospels that, uh, Jesus was at, was asked, how can I have peace? You know? And he said, uh, he said, become a passerby, become a passerby, which is this self watching, I think. You know, is learning how to be a passerby in your life. And that's what meditation does for me. 
Becoming the observer, right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Dennis. Yes. Uh, I really like what Kate was saying. I, I didn't even see that, that they did put in the higher self uh, or the self in capital letters, uh, self watches their return. And actually, when I remember from the Bhagavad Gita, the translation from uh, Aswaran, he actually uses that when you say the higher self, when it's uh, when it's spelled with a capital S, it's 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 the higher self, that divine within. And if it's with a normal S, then it's the ego. <laughs> so so that's how they indifferentiate those two things. So that's that's pretty cool. And and actually, like you said in meditation, when you can become aware of it, I am thinking though, buddy, isn't it? If you are in that moment, like animals are in the tree are. You don't really have to surrender in that state where you are in between thoughts. So if you're just in that is the surrendered state, though, Dennis. That's the surrendered state. Surrendered. Yes, yes, exactly. And and that's kind of what we're trying to 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 continue going back to. Which that's is the also, return. Yeah, that's what it's. Yes, that's what it is described here, isn't it? That's that's pretty beautiful. It really There's no really accident is. that before we started recording, before we even looked at this, that. Marla mentioned about enlightenment. Then we got to talking in a conversation about uh, thinking that enlightenment may be more than this state of euphoria that we're thinking, you know, that it would be that, oh, you know, and you have arrived, right? That it may be more of uh, just being in the moment. A sense of presence and awareness totally with everything. Accepting and, and what is. Yes, I totally agree. Yes. And then we read this that is talking about describing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it when that happens. Mm -hmm. And it happens very often. Um, the self watching their return. And, and I've got some notes from when we've talked about this before that I've pulled out. These are notes, I think, from the Tao of Pooh, where... They were talking about how the Tao is, and there were three things. You reflect like a mirror, you flow like water, and you respond like an echo. And I think those are the ways that we return, that this return back to the Tao, this contemplation of return it is happens when we learn to observe, when we, run, we learn to just step out of the way and just let life happen. It actually, buddy, it reminds me of what I read or what I heard. I totally read from Lao Tzu when he's describing the Tao. And, and it's very short. Let me read this up. It says, there was something formless and perfect before the universe was born. It is serene, empty, solitary, unchanging, infinite, present. It is the mother of the universe for the lack of a better word, I name it the Tao. I call it the Tao. Yeah. That kind of describes that pretty well. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lou? I was reading the translation by Red Pine earlier, and um, in line six, I think it is, where it talks about returning to the source, he, he uses the word roots. And... Um, kind of reminded me that you know the roots are the nourishment it's it's where kind of where everything happens the sunlight comes down 
um, from the top of the tree down, and it's in the roots that are where the essential nature of the tree is, the essential um, closeness, and where kind of everything starts and everything is at. And then I was thinking about twigs, <laughs> and I tend to live in the twiggy area, <laughs> where uh, you know you're, you're cast around, you're you're part of you're part of it, but you don't really feel like part of it. And so that was kind of the metaphor I was thinking about in terms of going really deep down in there where um, the flow of life is really at, where the Tao flows, and um, trying to stay stay there and spend not so much time with the twigs. Thank you, Lou. Did you have something, Marla? No? Okay. Huh. How about this part on, uh, on McDonald? By knowing the constant, just before this, he talks about the roots too, Lou, where he's talking about knowing the constants called enlightenment, not knowing the constants, the source of evil deeds, because he has no roots. By knowing the constant, we accept things as they are. By accepting things as they are, we become impartial. By being impartial, we become one with heaven. Think about, and I know for me, and I've, I've talked about this a lot of times in, in situations that were unacceptable. I found peace when I, I accepted those things as they were. There was nothing that had to change. There was no, uh, I don't think any entity came down and did anything for me of any kind. But when I stopped fighting, well, like Marla was talking about, when I surrendered, the help I needed was there waiting on me. The problem was I was fighting what help was available to me. And I think it's the same thing with this. And that's what acceptance does for me. When I accept and quit fighting what is, then everything seems to fall in place for me. I mean, even in the worst situations, if I have I can accept the situation as it is, which it doesn't seem like that should help at all, right? It seems like, well, why in the world would it help for you to accept? Because I think in most of our life, we never learn to accept because we're always fighting what's going on, wanting it to be different or believing it to be different or asking for it to be different and not really accepting what is as it is. Carrie. I was just going to say that it seems like for me, the hardest things I have accepting are the things that I did to myself, which is mm-hmm. like we were talking earlier about this dog. Like I keep thinking like I, sh- I knew I didn't want a puppy. I knew it was going to be hard. And, you know, we get this yeah. dog barking and just frustrating. He won't let us watch movies and, you know, just trying to accept that is sometimes really hard. <laughs> and then there might be other emotional things involved, like other people. It might be other people's issue. Like they got you there, right? And you, like you knew that that was going to be an issue, but you ended up there anyway. Those are the hardest things to accept sometimes. I can't get over those. Thank you. Thank you, Kerry. Craig. I find the hardest things to accept are the things I cannot change. The things that I have absolutely. There's times when I choke on the sweaty prayer because I'm just like, I'm just ready to accept the things I cannot change, but I'd, I'd love to try. I'd love to try changing them. Just give them, just give me an opportunity. God, give me that chance just to change things. That's what I struggle with. And it's, I still think it's a practice that I have to surrender to daily. 
accepting that you know there are those constants and those constants are going to be people that you know just rub me up the wrong way because it's something that's wrong with me there's something that i'm not surrendering to myself so uh craig what tools do you use to accept let's talk about that a little bit what's our tools that we use what what do you use craig i swear quite a lot i um how does that help you to accept though it doesn't but it just makes me kind of it makes me feel good for a little while. No, the main page eighty-four, page eighty-four. Just you know, if if there's something that I've done that I, may, I need to make an amends to somebody, then I'll make you have your book to, No, I, I don't have my book handy. No, it's just I, I don't. It's upstairs. What? You came to our meeting and did not have your book handy. What is? Come on, Craig. How long have you been doing this, man? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Buy your book, send you to school. Well, in all fairness, I thought Amy was going to be here. Amy is the walking big book. So yeah, you're Amy right. You're right. Amy's, Amy's, not here. Amy's getting in trouble. Uh, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them at once. We discuss them with someone immediately. We make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Now, if we don't have a God belief, let's say that that's a problem for us. There's some of us here that don't have a traditional God belief, right? If we don't have that, so who do we ask to remove it? Maybe we just surrender to the fear instead or the the dishonesty or the selfishness that, you know, Say, I stop fighting whatever this is, whatever the fear is, just name it. Whatever the, you know, I lied and I'm stopping the fighting of my lying. I surrender to lying. Who do you surrender to? If you're in a war, you surrender to the one that defeated you, you know? And I don't know why it's so difficult that we get away from that here because, you know, we don't surrender to God to help us to beat the thing that's defeated us. (laughs) <laughs> why don't we just surrender to what has defeated us, you know? And then, and the way we surrender, the way we do what we're, you know, the, the actions we take to help us to surrender, it's like we're making a decision to surrender at first, right? Because we don't know how to surrender. So we're, make, we're deciding to surrender. Like the third step that we're deciding to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. And how do we follow through with the decision? That's when we do the next things. We these are the things that matter. We discuss it with someone. We get the light of day on whatever it is that our selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. We talk about it. Then we make an amend if we've harmed anyone. We do that quickly, immediately, then quickly. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. We don't have to stop what we're doing and go help somebody. We turn our thoughts to someone. We, we can send loving kindness to them. We can hope they have a great day. We can do all those things. And none of that means you've got to believe in a gray-haired guy in the sky. Okay, none of that does. So when you take that action, that action is what helps me to keep laying down my weapons that I want to pick back up when I surrender, right? 
I think it's important to remember that's daily practice as well. It's not just a that's case a of you know, minute practice, Greg. Yeah, it's, it's not a case of I, I did that three years ago, so I don't have to do it now. You know, it's, it's again, it's like the big book says, it's easy to rest on the laurels. You know, what we have I was is angry like, with my yeah, I was angry with about something a couple of days ago, and I had to go talk to my sponsor about it because it was just it was bothering me too bad. It should not have been. It was a simple thing that should not have been aggravating me, and so I had to go do this. And uh, we didn't have really have a solution. And then I went to a meeting later that day, and the, the topic at the meeting was live and let live. Oh, yeah. Why did I forget to do page 84 on this? Did you say, go, son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just uh, it's so simple. Uh, I know somebody had their hand up. And they just put it down. Is that hey. Kate? What do you have, dear? Oh, I I don't know. I was just being inspired by by the um by the conversation actually, and the, the the thinking of surrender and acceptance and the serenity prayer. And in the third translation, is that the McDonald? Um, you know, the answers there, and then, buddy, what you were saying about you know not having maybe uh, um a traditional idea of a god you know um what do you do and i just once again i think this is really beautiful returning to the solstice tranquility so the serenity that we desire is we get it by returning to the source and in doing that we're actually turning it over you know because we submit to heaven's mandate even if we don't you know sort of conceptualize uh, you know the great bearded whatever it was you said you know the 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 guy in the sky um that by returning to source we are doing what we are meant to be doing and that way we gain serenity because that's what submit is is powerlessness right that's the first step we submit the heaven's mandate yeah, that's good, Kate. Thank you. Did I miss anyone else? Because I was rambling. I saw a couple of hands go up and down. Anyone else? Dennis, Dennis please disappeared. Ah, uh, he must have had some Wi-Fi problems. Uh, hmm, that's good. What else, guys? Any other comments? How about at the very end where it says on McDonald, being one with heaven. We become one with Tao. Being one with Tao, we're no longer concerned about losing our life because we know that Tao is constant and we are one with the Tao. The reason we're not worried about death is because we've already died, right? You want Marla? You're muted. I know. I'm not, I, I'm not understanding what you mean by we've already died. We've died to whatever it is. We've, so, like, spiritually, like, within, we've already surrendered to whatever it is. So, so it's no longer an issue for us. Like, uh, death, will, and if you're talking about the ultimate death, we've, we've already died to the things that were, that we had that were causing us fear about death. So, if it's like talking about an individual thing, that we're surrendering. Let's say this is talking about, okay, 
let's talk about our addiction. Let's take it back to that. If we die to our addiction, if we surrendered and submitted and surrendered, then then we can give the addiction up because it's no longer the thing that's valuable to us because we've already surrendered to it. It's like that letting go idea of, you know, when we let go of something, if it's something in our life that we're trying to let go, we get to the point of neutrality where, you know, it's okay one way, it's okay. And, you know, there's no longer a fight there. And when there's no longer a fight, it's no longer the important thing to us. It's no longer has value to us. So why can't I drink again? I'm sorry? I said, so why can't I take a drink ever again? The reason I can't is because I have a physical reaction to alcohol that I, a a physical compulsion that I can't control. That's the reason I can't drink. But it took this idea of surrender for me to even to be able to stop drinking. Because I remember when that happened. I mean, I tried to stop for six years without surrendering and couldn't. And then when I finally said, you know, either this works or I'm out of here, I'm tired of fighting this, I can't fight this anymore, it started working immediately. I think what I did was what Kate talked about, which we've all done, we just didn't know it, when we uh, returned to the source because we submitted, we surrendered. That's how we got there. We stopped the fight. And all of that, Craig, on page 85 and 86, after this idea of uh, asking for it to be removed and then making an amend, telling someone about it, then turning our thoughts to someone we can help, then it gets into the we cease fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. So that's where that place of effortless effort is, is after we've stopped fighting it. So the real, the real question is, how do I stop fighting it? And for me, it's taking the focus off of me and just asking what is, asking, okay, who, who's in my path I can help? How can I get my mind off of me and stop this whirlwind in my head by looking to help someone else? And if I keep it there, then I'm taken care of. That's what, we, that's what I learned in recovery. Uh, I was listening to 10% Happier the other day, the, the latest one of his, or last week's, or maybe it was earlier this week. And he had a psychologist on there that had, uh, her stick was that we learn, let's see, we learn to love people. We don't love people then have compassion for them or do nice things for them. When we start doing things, then that creates love in us. It's the opposite. And that's what we find in recovery. I said, I said yeah, we know how that works. We, 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 we've been doing that the whole time. That's what AA is all about. You know, that's why in working with others, it says that the thing that works when nothing else will is working with another alcoholic. Not after you've got 10 years and you think you've got it figured out in the very beginning. Of course, you know, you take action you have someone with you you know all those things but what i'm saying is you start helping from the beginning from the very beginning dennis did you have did craig kick you out or are you okay i'm glad you were able to get back in i don't think it was Craig. it was all the power 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 power
No, it was just more on the acceptance. I think you might have moved on from that, but but it kind of dawned on me because acceptance is kind of the way that I surrender. That's kind of the beginning. And and through that surrendering, uh, that's where the awareness comes, and the awareness is the uh, consciousness. Yeah. Right? And, and and like you said in the beginning, that is that is the, the what we call uh, the enlightenment is 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 the consciousness. There is. I think it's what we're looking for. Moment. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think this liberation too comes from. I, mean, I gotta say, I surrendered, but. I wasn't always happy about it. I wasn't, I was angry about having to do that. And I was, I, I get angry at things I can't like, I it's fucking snowing again outside and I'm accepting it, but I'm not happy about it. Is that not accepting it? Not being, I mean, I'm like, it's, it's snowing. Okay. It's the middle of February in Michigan. It's supposed to. And I live here by choice, but it's, it's annoying. See, now, acceptance does not mean approval either. Mm. We didn't talk about that. Acceptance is not approval. Mm. What what acceptance would be, Marla, is not saying I'm happy that it's snowing or I'm not happy that it's snowing. It's a, hmm, it's snowing. Mm. But but you can accept that you are annoyed that it's snowing. That's (laughs) actually where you're going, oh, and then, then you realize when you do that you won't be that annoyed with it anymore that's actually how it works it's so beautiful like that it is is. (laughs) i mean you know i've only been living here 60 years i know this is going on but but yeah it's you're right just gotta i i'm accepting that i'm annoyed by the whole thing but you're not grateful for it (laughs) no no but but you know that's the thing marla is it's not it's not that you, it's not that you're happy about what's going on, nor is it that you approve of it. It's just that you learn to accept it for what it is, and then even accepting that you're aggravated about, it, like Dennis said, and that there's peace there, there's a tranquility there when we learn to accept things as they are. Hmm, that's good, Craig. Marla's just hit on it. For a long time, I always thought that just because I accepted it, I had to be happy with it. And that's something I've struggled with for a long time. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I I can accept it, but I'm still not happy with it. So that begs the question. I think the big book, uh, Amy's not here. The the, the AA fact check is not here. (laughs) It says acceptance is is the key or acceptance is the answer? Yes. Or is it surrender? Well, surrender leads to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Well, but does acceptance lead to surrender? Because I have to accept something before I surrender. You know, it's, you know, I, I have to accept. Really I have to accept the fact that it's fucking snowing again, and I surrender to it. Oh, I, I, I know it's going to keep snowing, so it just there's nothing I can do about getting upset about that. And the real story about acceptance is uh, acceptance is the answer, starting on page four hundred seven and goes to four. I have, I'll read an acceptance quote in a minute. Are you done, Craig? Is that, is that yeah. what you did? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Carrie. I was just going to say, I've been doing A Course in Miracles. I think they kind of talk about this a little bit, that, you know, when you have those thoughts, like Marla's talking about, that those are ego thoughts. And, and not that you should try to change them or get mad at them 
that they said that you need to maybe if you can take a step back and and look at them with gentleness, kindness, and then ask yourself, can I see this a different way, or can this can I can can something change here? And then that's the miracle. Like I asked, well, how does that work? And they said, well, that's the miracle part of it, right? Like as you start to see those thoughts and and start to maybe question them, then maybe they'll start to change. And I think that's kind of what Dennis was getting at too, is that when you're accepting it, that that's, and you, and you kind of just notice it, that's when you start to, the miracles start to happen and you can start accepting it more. Yeah, Carrie. And, and if you, if you're talking course in miracles, they, they talk about everything we see as an illusion that it's all a projection from our mind that our ego wants us to think that we're separate from God. So all these things that we're seeing are not really, we're in the classroom is what they call it. So being that we're in this classroom, that we don't see things clearly because we feel we're separate. So it's, uh, yeah, Course in Miracles is fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Uh, Dennis. Yeah, I was just wanted to touch on that happiness again. I realized that the world is not here to make me happy. That's uh, that's actually the biggest mistake. I'm always looking for something on the on the, on the external side to make me happy, right? The, the way first it was the drinks, and then I thought my sponsor was going to make me happy in this, and 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 so, so on. And it always led to misery. But but it is here to make me conscious. So I, I think we're all going to be conscious uh, uh, in this life, but but most of us just don't get it before we uh, un, until we're about to die. <laughs> Right. So uh, so so we can get it this way here um, earlier, just through through acceptance. So it's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Lou, did you have something? Well, it's a bit of a bird walk, but um, there is actually a hypnosis technique that kind of draws on that. And it's a technique where the hypnotist doesn't even know what the issue is, if it's being angry at winter or whatever it is. And the hypnosis asks the person to go to that part of them inside, wherever that might be, that has this anger with um, too much snow or this never-ending snow we get here in Michigan, and say to it, you know, thanks, you you were trying to solve a problem for me in the past and this was how you did it with this anger but it's not working for me anymore so now i need to go to the part that creates serenity in me and acceptance and ask it what do i need to do um, to be serene and accepting of this and um, bypass it kind of with hypnosis Theoretically, it bypasses some of that ego stuff and gets right into um, some of those other parts of us that have answers for us um, that used to work. Maybe was at one time it was really good to get angry at the snow. My grandkids aren't when they don't have school because of it. But at some point, um, that may have been a helpful thing or smoking or drinking or whatever it was. Um, but there are other other resources within us and other, um, tapping into those more root things, those um, some of those unchanging natures that are more positive as a way of doing that. So it's just an aside, probably not pertinent. I think that's right on, Lou, because what happens, I think, when we, uh, before recovery, my fear, all, all I had to fight uh, or to defend myself with was fear. That's all I had. I had, I couldn't use love. I couldn't use surrender. All I had was fear. And the weapons of fear are those 
things that we talked about on page 84. It's the dishonesty. It's the resentment uh, and the selfishness. Those are fear's weapons. That's what fear uses. So when I got in the program and I went through the steps and started surrendering my fears and replaced that with these tools of love that we find, tools of service and love, then we can live life on a different way. That, that way I can learn to do what the 16th verse says about returning uh, to the constant, you know, because that's the way I return. So, no, that's, that's right on, Luke. Um, this is page 420. I'm going to fill in for Amy. Uh, bottom of 420. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never sit and do nothing while waiting on him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done. And I'll leave the results up to him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. Now, we can take all that God verbiage out of there if we don't want. If that stuff turns us off, we can take that out and say, we just do whatever the right thing is that we see in front of us to do, that this flow of life is showing us, and we just do it. Because we know that there's this flow of, of virtue and love that's going on, this flow of goodness that's happening. And if we just pay attention to it and see it, we just do the next right thing. We take all of that out of the way until we know what to do. We just keep doing what's in front of us. And then I just keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. So. Thank, and it says, thank God for AA. So it's my expectations, which expectations, the opposite of acceptance, you know, because I'm not accepting because I'm expecting things to be different. That's why I, that's why I'm one of the first things I learned many years ago is to stop praying for things. That's the first way in the shift of my thinking about a higher power was when I stopped praying for myself or my family or for like God to bless me some way or to change my situation. Because if I'm happy with the way things are, why would I pray for anything to be different? If things are as they're supposed to be, why would I be wanting them to be different than they are? You know, that didn't make sense to me. So when I started seeing that, that's when I started experiencing just a touch of this tranquility that we're talking about, this peace, which comes from, accepting things as they are yeah that's good. i know when i got back from my trip um my snowblower wasn't working and uh, it was an expectation that i had that that it would be working and it took me several days to to recover to get back in the middle of the road um after not being able to get my snowblower going and I was in the end wound up being grateful for some of the things that I had to do to adjust to that new reality. So uh, I guess there's a lot of, I have, I feel like I have a lot of momentum. It takes me a long time to, to really accept a, a change in plans. So. Well, you know, gratitude, you're right, Chris. Gratitude is one of those tools that we haven't talked about that can lead us to acceptance. Mm. Right. Yeah, you know, I had to become uh, grateful for my overall situation before before I felt at peace again, at ease. Yeah. And it's so simple. Can we uh it's um 
the reason I've been hung up on not mentioning God is I, I went to a secular AA meeting that I really liked, actually. It was pretty good. Uh, but uh, those guys think like I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like surfing the internet, not to straight, not to, you know, not to find, you know, not to make sure what you think is right. It's to find things that agree with what you already think, you know, to reinforce what you. <laughs> so uh, I found some people who are thinking like I think. So I mm. thought that was good. But, you know, it's that old, that Sono saying that, uh, Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. You know, when your snowblower is not working, could, Chris, could you say thank you for everything? I have no fucking complaint whatsoever. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, because one of my other one of my doors was broken too. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And, and if you if we can learn, you see that for me gets me into that place of just accepting what is. Mm-hmm. Not that I have to like it or approve of it or or that it makes me happy or sad is irrelevant. It's just accepting it for what it is. Yeah. And my concept of a higher power involves the idea that um, things are exactly as they're supposed to be. And um, that leads to the notion that you really can't do anything about it, um, which is comforting in that way. That's that's where that peace and tranquility is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. But and you know, talking this does not mean that we're saying that there is no God or that there's not a gray-haired guy in the sky or that none of those things. Or you know, it's not saying anything about anyone's God belief. You don't have to abandon anything or you know take mm-hmm. the mark or any of that kind of stuff. You know, uh, yeah. This is just, I'm just, I'm realizing that recovery has much less to do with God than I thought it did or a belief in God. Exactly. Surrender. Yeah. I've come to think of my God as a lowercase g. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody asks me if I believe in God and I'll say, yeah, with a lower, with a small g, you know, because it's not the same as yours. Um, So. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we'll go to Kerry, then we'll go to Kate. Well, and Chris was saying something about giving comfort. It made me think uh, there's a Jack Johnson song. It's about breakdown. And he's just hoping the train will break down so he can get out of the rush of life and just walk around the streets and just enjoy stuff. So you know, maybe if something's broken down like that, it's, you know, God telling you or the universe saying, hey, it's time to take a break. You don't need to use it today. <laughs> go read a book or something. But anyways, just made me think about that song, how, you know, he can't, the, the, the sad thing about it is he can't do it himself. He needs something to break down. And, you know, we, we were talking about that today with the snow hitting in our area that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of looking forward to it. I'm like, well, the power goes out. I can't work. And I can just go sit and read a book and do something. Yeah. I hope we get a snow this year, Carrie, but it doesn't look like it. So we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe. It made me think like um, what we always say here in Texas is, uh, hey, Michigan, your weather is down here in our front yard. We need you to come and get it and take it back home. (laughs) Thank you, Kerry. Kate? You'll show up on your doorstep with some snow pretty soon. (laughs) I tell my cousin. Oh, sorry. 
Oh no, sorry, Lou. Um, no, I, I just had a question, um, which is slightly off topic, but I put it in the chat, um, and I said it was okay. It's when you were talking about, you know, going to an atheist AA meeting, um, and then all the lovely talk about how, you know, different people see God, like G, little G, whatever. But I just wondered if you don't believe in our step six. Um, I was actually, you know, talk about sort of synchronicity and stuff um, and things not happening as you want them to. I am currently self-isolating again. Um, and instead of being all cross about um, not being able to be at work, um, I decided today that it was a sign. And I actually was reading uh, page 84 today. and. I started thinking about, you know, sort of step six and, you know, like how people experience God differently. And so, yeah, I was just wondering, how do you get around step six if you don't believe in an external God? Okay, Kate, you, you just oh. you just let uh, you just become entirely ready to let uh, Joe Pesci uh, take care of all the troubles you have, because he seems like a guy who can really get stuff done. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Just because you don't believe in the gray-haired guy in the sky does not believe that does not mean that you don't believe that there's a power greater than yourself, or that there's an uh, the Big Bang was a power that's going that started billions of years ago that's still going and ever expanding this universe is ever expanding, which is a, and, and as I look at that, I said, okay, that's a power greater than me. Then I realized just like the serenity prayer, everything's greater than me. There's not hardly anything that I can control. And for some reason, when I quit the fight, things work in my favor. I don't understand that. Now, six and seven, I did an interpretation of the steps and I, and I actually did it in a way that would cover that. Um, sixth is we begin to surrender two character traits that do not produce love in our life. Just like we surrender to alcohol, we surrender to those character traits that do not produce love in our life. Then seven, we open our hearts to allow the natural changes in our lives that occur when we let love have its way. So six would be surrendering to the things that we're doing that are hurting us. The wrong, You say the wrong things. And seven is adding the things in our life that, uh, that we're not doing, the changes that we need to make. So that's the way I look at it, because I think that, you know, enlightenment shows us that we're just a hand that's part of the body, even from a Christian perspective, uh, it's taught that we're the body of Christ. So think about this. If your hand had con had a semi-consciousness, how confused would your hand be? My hand's going and picking up this cup, okay? And let's say we're the hand of the body, okay? And the hand doesn't know why it's doing this, but it sees a cup that's right there in front of it, and it's moved in that direction. So, okay, it grabs the cup and it and it's moved up and it tilts 
It doesn't know why it's doing these things, but it seems like the natural thing for it to do. It's not thinking. It's just doing what's in front of it to do. And then it says, you won't believe what happened to me today. You know, I was moved here and I did this and I did when we don't realize we're part of that thing that's moving us. See, that's where I think the whole thing is. It's this, we're just one big organism and we just don't see it or realize it. And I think that's what enlightenment does for us is it moves us in that direction to where we can start noticing, say, oh, okay, this cup's in front of me. I need to pick it up. Okay, that's what I'll do. I won't worry about how I'm going to sit it down. I won't worry about where I'm taking it. I won't worry about what I'm doing next week. Does that make does that make sense? Uh, and, and then if we can stay there, you know, then then everything else works because that seems to be what's happening. Craig, I think I think a lot of time we use this. I'm not saying excuse. We use this thinking to hold on to the shit that we don't want to let go of. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the gods. So I can't. I can't give it away. You know, I, I need to sit here with it. I always like it, and bear in mind, step six is just getting ready to make that decision. Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? And it's when when I'm working sponsors as well, I, I liken it to it's the exact same as working the program. You know, I now need to make this decision. I've done steps four and five. I need to now make this decision. Am I going to work the rest of this program to the best of my ability? And that's all I'm doing. I just need to sit and meditate on it. And then step seven is actually making that decision. You know, yes, I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm going to do it. Just because some people have that atheist, um, that atheist, um, I was going to say mentality, but I don't mean it to come across derogatory. I'm, I'm, well, I'm so yeah, um, it doesn't mean to say that we can't speak to somebody else about doing it. And Buddy touched on it greatly, and we talk about it, and when we're dealing with drop the rock. This is when we start to actually work the principles of the steps. And the principles of the steps are to change our defects of characters or liabilities into assets. So we're changing fear into faith. We're changing uh, despair into hope. We're pride into, into love. You know, so, and there's different ways that we can do that. We can always hit somebody up and say, look, you know, you know, can I talk to you for ten? This is what I need to. This is what I need to start doing. Just because we don't have that belief doesn't mean to say that we still can't do it. I'll always talk about my financial mm-hmm. issues. Every time I have an issue of um, the sort of financial nature, I have to turn it over to Louise straight away. Because if I sit with it, and sometimes it's abundance rather than lack. Mm-hmm. And this is something that came off my fourth step as well. All of a sudden, because I'd stopped drinking and stopped. Spending on Amazon, I ended up saving. I ended up saving forty nine percent of my my take home every month. It was huge the amount of money I was wasting, and all of a sudden I had this big lump of money, and I was like, "Oh shit, what do I do with that stuff?" And but it's like you have to give it away because you're sitting obsessing about it now. I'm like, well, how do I give it away? Just find somebody, find somebody that you can turn it over to, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're turning. We are still turning our will and our life over. We're just really doing step three again, but in more of a practical sense. That's what I do every time I have an issue financially, Louise, and you take this off me. Mm-hmm. And it's actually following through on that. And there's nothing wrong with hitting somebody up and saying, look, Craig, I've got this ego issue. All right, okay, let's sit down. Let's deflate that issue. And you know I'm happy to do that for you. He loves that. Um, 
Was, Any other comments, guys? This has been a very good conversation. Thank you. Well, I just want to say that it's a really good approach. Greg also touched on it, that that, that you're using the love instead of war of God that you have in your interpretation. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very good approach for atheists. And and I'm, I keep thinking, I love Ricky Gervais. And when I see mm-hmm. him, I actually see a guy where I say, this guy is actually enlightened, but is atheist as well. And, and, and that's interesting. And I see the same as in Neil deGrasse Tyson. And, and what is pretty powerful there that I've also learned in the program is that it's okay to say that I don't know. And that's where they seem to go a lot with stuff that hasn't been answered yet instead of where, 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 uh, where I know the godly belief system is, 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 is finding yeah. that. Instead um, of trying to figure God out or thinking you have to figure out what God is or all of that. When you're in need, just go help somebody and see if your life doesn't get better. And just leave it there. Don't try to figure out who's doing it or how it's happening or or if it's really happening or you're just making it up. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is that you go help somebody. Now, when I go help somebody, my life is better. When I'm thinking of you instead of me, my life is better. Now, I don't understand that. I don't know why it is, but it is. If that wasn't the case, the happiest people would be the ones that had the most and the least happy people were the ones that had the least. And that's not, we know that's not the way it is. We know it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. guy. And sticking with our experience with that, you know, not telling someone how to do it, but this is how I did it because that love that we're experiencing, that difference in whatever powers that's greater than us is happening through our experience. So when we share our experience, that's what has any any power that's theirs in our experience. So, yeah, that's good. Anything else before we close? I know we went a little over today. Thank you. Can I just plug the Facebook page? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't sure. forget. If you want to join the conversation so you can you can join the Facebook page, you can join the meeting, the link's in the, in the page. And if you don't want to join the meeting but you want to contribute to it, you can always comment in the, in the page and we'll pick it up and we can discuss it um, in the meetings later on. So please just get involved. Um, and also, good luck to Scotland at the weekend. We're, we're, we're playing the old Kate. enemy, rugby. Oh, rugby. Kate's yep. got something. You mean football? Rugby. No, rugby. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with Craig. Um, it's, yeah, it's rugby. Um, but I was wondering. I'm, I'm looking for the Facebook page because I'm imagining it's, um, it, it, you know, you have to get accepted to it. So I'm just wondering what I search for. Is it Dow of our understanding? You can search Dow, Dow of our understanding, and it'll, it should pop up for you, Kate. Okay, because um, I'd love to have the readings beforehand. Yeah, you can get them there, or I can add you to an email that I send them out to people who do not have Facebook. Is it is it the podcast? Dava Understanding yes. Podcast. Yeah. Yes. I've got a pending. I've got a pending thing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Anything else, guys, before we close? Great conversation today. Yeah. I, I didn't hear from Dave at all. I know that he has some some thoughts on it, but it might have been while I was out with the glitch. That he no, did Dave speak. didn't speak. Oh, yeah. Dave, you have anything to Dave add? Dave didn't speak at all? Okay. 
Oh, for once he just listened, maybe. Trying <laughs> something different, buddy. I'm sorry, sir. I'm trying something different. Ah, oh, good. Good. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. Now, Ted ran off. Did we piss him off some way? I, he looked like he was in trouble with his Wi-Fi. Looked like he, oh, okay. he, he was going in and out, so he might have had trouble. Okay, yeah. good. I hope I didn't aggravate him some way and not know yeah. it. I aggravate in- someone, I want to do it on purpose so I can enjoy it. So. But also, if you can't accept the podcast as it is, you can always just go out, right? That's right. <laughs> Maybe he was demonstrating acceptance for us, you know, how not to. <laughs> we could go on forever. Oh, we could, couldn't we? Yeah, thank you, Marla. We're going to go so you can go enjoy the snow. Y'all have thank a great you so much. He's gone, too. <laughs> Guys, y'all have a great week. We will see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.